Hello everyone, welcome to the Joking Dolphin Gaming Pod. I'm Mark and as always I'm joined by Matthew. Hi. And just about, Nathan. Hello. Just Nathan 0.5 here. Yeah, you're feeling a bit under the weather, aren't you? Yeah, just a tad. Got, got a bit of the man flu, but we will persevere. Glad you could join us then. Thank you. Right. So, news. Shall we start off with news? Who wants to begin? Oh, go on, Matt. I've made uh, that decision. Uh, <laughs> just me. Uh, so, I suppose one of our infamous games that we've probably talked about in the last, well, probably since we started this podcast, Marvel's Avengers. Hey! Well, quite a few news have actually come out um, from, mm. from Crystal Dynamics. So, firstly, they've announced that Spider-Man is coming, is coming to Marvel's Avengers, and they've put down or released it for him, which I believe... Wasn't this already announced? Or did they change it? It, it, was, annou- it was announced... Earlier, they would be coming out this year. Oh, but no date. But they never never put an actual release date. Right. But they have okay. now. So we should expect old Spidey to come swinging in on the 30th of November. Not long. A few, few weeks. Yeah, that's not long. Do we know what that involves exactly? Is it like a story or is it just a um, No, yeah. So I, I believe it's, it's very similar to how... The other characters have been kind of introduced, so Kate Bishop and, and Hawkeye and Black Panther. They're all getting their own kind of story-esque that ties into to the overall arc of um, Marvel's Avengers. For some reason, name was going blank there. So I think he's got his own, own story mission. You'll you have to work with him to take down whatever AIM is doing sort of next. But apparently he's quite apprehensive in wanting to work with Avengers because he's a very solo kind of hero um as he's kind of known in the comics yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how they how they involve him in and uh, how his moveset's going to be like i suppose i think along with him coming in though on the 30th they've announced a couple of other things so i believe there's they're introducing the game's first raid which uh, i suppose in in more layman terms is like a a set of missions that like a a, a team is meant to sort of go through and then there's usually like an end boss that's Usually very hard, and you have to use teamwork and all that stuff to take him down. So, I suppose better late than never to add more content to the game. I suppose. I think along with that, they're upping the level cap from 150 to 175, um, and they're also introducing a new um, gear upgrade system as well. I've not looked into too much about what that actually means because it has been. When you say new, very... does that does that mean worse? I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Normally when it comes to, I suppose, this, is it probably means worse. But I suppose we'll have to, we'll have to find out because I've not played the game since it started to crash on me <laughs> since its very first update. So I wonder if that's been fixed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> interestingly enough... back on it, crashes again. Interestingly enough, due to a new game that's come out recently, I've had to free up space on my PS5. Oh, ah, no. Yes. So I have, for curiosity purposes, installed Marvel's Avengers again, but on the PS5 version. So right, I might at some point go back. This is a free upgrade, isn't it? Yeah, it was a free upgrade, yeah. from PS4 to PS5. So I'll I'll see what it's like if it works. Probably, well, I don't want to say probably the bigger news that also came out of this um, is that they've decided to. Do I suppose a, a U-turn on the mm-hmm. construction of the payable XP booster packs for heroes? Which well, that's good. Yeah, this is the um, 
this is the comment they put out. It says, we apologize for not responding sooner to your concerns about the addition of pay consumables in the marketplace. What? <laughs> we introduced <laughs> them as an option for an evolving player base and did not see them as paid to win since they don't offer power directly. Mm-hmm. If, it's gonna, the... if it's going to cut the time for you to level up, how is, how is it not pay to win? They're trying to change the definition of pay to win, aren't they? After considering your feedback, we have decided that by the end of today, we will remove Heroes, Heroes Catalysts and Fragment Extractors for purchase. They will continue to be earnable rewards and those already owned are still usable. We hope that this can be the first step in rebuilding your confidence in us as a team. It continues to be our goal to make the very best game possible. Thank you for being a part of the Marvel's Avengers community. Nonsense. But which is, I mean, mm. they knew what they were doing. Absolutely, because I think I mentioned this last time. Is that it? It's funny how it just went on Game Pass, and then they introduced these. Yeah, I mean, all very convenient. Way to get it? money from people. Yeah, and now because that initial period is gone, they've gone. We'll do away with it now because people don't like it. The decision making in all this game is just—I don't understand it. I like the wording that they picked in rebuilding confidence. We'd have had to have confidence to begin with. It's <laughs> yeah. rebuilt. Yeah. Just get rid of the RE. First step in building your confidence in us. There we go. Mm. Fix that for you. There's one one other bit of uh, Avengers uh, news. Well, not mm. news, but something interesting. I don't know if this is the same bit as, as my, mine is. What, what What's yours, Matt? Oh no, I was pretty much going to finish there, but I think oh. I, I sort of know what you were going to get. I didn't have time to well, jot well, the stuff. <laughs> so, this, this, so this is from an article. Well, take from an article called Rectbit for the website, and it, apparently in the latest Square Enix earnings report, the president Yosuke Yos- Matsuda admitted that Marvel's Avengers has been disappointing and that the company will need to learn from its underachieving performance in the future. And he's, he's quoted saying, Marvel's Avengers was an ambitious title for us in that we took on the games as a service model. We overcame a variety of unexpected difficulties in the final phase of the game's development, including needing to transition to work from home due to the pandemic. We were able to surmount these challenges and release the game, but it has unfortunately not proven as successful as we would have liked. Uh, there's the pandemic excuse coming in again, which surely it's been going on longer than that, the development of this game, you would think. Uh, Matt Sudo went on to explain that Crystal Dynamics, developer behind Marvel's Avengers and uh, the past two Raider games, may not have been as congruous a fit for Marvel's Avengers as they originally envisioned. I, I still don't understand why they chose Crystal Dynamics anyway, because this isn't this wasn't their type of game, was it? The game is a service. Well, no, they've never done that kind of type of game before. Um, I can see why they cho- chose them from a gameplay standpoint, because I still think. Yeah. Gameplay-wise, it's still a, a solid game. Yeah, it's, it's not just the campaign, then, yeah. It's but, just, you know, yeah, the live service is a bit... But he finishes off with this. It says, nonetheless, taking on the games as a service model highlighted issues that we are likely to face in future game development efforts, such as the need to select game designs that mesh with the unique attributes and tastes of our studios and development teams. Words. Uh, Matt sort of continued. While the new challenge that we tackled with this title produced a disappointing outcome, we are certain that the games as a service approach will grow in importance as gaming becomes more service oriented. I hate that last sentence with every fibre of my being. I do not like that. I do not want games to become that way. If every game's going to go down this road, then I'll, I'll just stop gaming. Ooh, strong words there. <laughs> the games as a service are crap. It's just, that's, it's just us. Well, 
in your opinion. Yes, um, in my opinion. That's why I'm <laughs> saying it. Yeah. <laughs> it's difficult because I think I think some games that have gone down that route have. Right, maybe I should clarify. I think you've got to pick and choose which is which is what what works, what doesn't. This there was no yeah. way we should have gone down. Yeah, no I think way. I think I think the Avengers um, example is probably a bad example of a you know a live live service kind of game because there was just there's it there's not much content to it outside of just kind of redoing missions and then just getting high loot and like, well, what's what's the point in that yeah there's no like end game really um whereas i think something like something like fortnite as as bad of a example maybe um does it quite well and that everything in the game from a core gameplay standard is free you know you can you play a battle royale you don't have to pay for the skins it doesn't give you any advantages or whatnot yeah i don't uh, like fortnite but as what it is it's a thing and it does its thing well yeah who- it does it well uh, i think it's it's collaborations with various other i suppose pop culture company well not companies but you know what i'm trying to get it, it does that yeah, part yeah like different like, sectors yeah, so like you know, it comes out. Oh, we've got um, you know, Terminator skin and and emotes and whatnot. And it may, it maintains its relevance quite well. That's the yeah, it does it quite well. And I don't, it seems to get a lot of hate for being predatory, but it's like well, but it's not forcing you to buy the stuff. All right, it's, it's advertising it quite heavily, but the actual mechanics of the game is yeah, the basics are still there. Yeah, still there, mm-hmm. and it's free free to do whatever you want mm. whereas stuff like obviously you look at you know fifa all my team that's yeah mm, that's, that's, the with, <laughs> that's the thing with avengers as well it's like you, you're also paying like 60 quid for the base game and then you've got all this crap on top of it I think yeah that's the issue yeah in having to pay full price for a game and then in not having the content there straight away yeah but it did have the campaign it did have the campaign, and I will. I'll still testify. It was a, it was a really good campaign. Very much enjoyed it. It's just everything else outside of it is disappointing. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about Avengers again once Spidey releases, because I'm sure you'll have something to say about that, Matt. Yeah, I'll give it a go. See what it's like. I'm not trying any of the other heroes, so I'll see what they're like as well. But now we're just been talking about like live service games. Um, Ubisoft have come out and said that Assassin's Creed Infinity, their new Assassin's Creed game sort of thing hub kind of thing i don't yeah. know how they go work it but probably that's not that won't be free to play which is interesting so i don't how know how that's going to work because that to me suggests that they're still going to sell individual games or is this hub thing only is it just going to be they're going to release separate games and then you just control them in one <laughs> I, I don't know i'm thinking it like you know like this is going to sound really weird but think of the crystal maze okay and you have so the the, the, the maze in the middle the crystal dome that's mm-hmm. like your central hub okay, okay. And then, you've got, then you've got your four zones on the outside aren't you? and each mm-hmm. of them are going to be like an assassin's creed game mm. so is it going to link like that so you remain in the middle and then you go into these other ones that's kind of my thought process so would it be we'd have assassin's creed infinite and then four games off the back of that that interlink yeah. Yeah. in effect yeah that would be quite interesting and then so Richard O'Brien is... follows you around as well. <laughs> that'd be the best bit. I just yeah. uh, that'd be amazing. I don't I don't know enough about 
is it infinite or infinity infinity i don't know much about about it like what was what the actual game's gonna entail yeah they've not really said much i mean they didn't say anything about it did they because is is it no not really but is infinity itself a game that's what i think or is that what they're just collectively calling this thing that's what i'm trying to deduce because infinity it doesn't suggest a time period does it it's just all time so i think that's the bit we're getting at so it's going to be like different time periods along that interlinked into this central hub thing it's all very weird yeah i think i I need to know a little bit more about about it to have a really good understanding of what the game is going to be (laughs) i think they said it was going to be a few years away anyway it's like two maybe three years away we'll probably have at least another sort of normal assassin's creed in between then you think so because valhalla was that last year that came out yeah. Yes. I know they're just about to release another DLC, aren't they? I think. I, I I don't know if they're going to keep doing DLC to tide us over until this Infinity thing comes along. Well, I, heard... I don't I don't know if there's going to be another one because we've not heard anything about a new one before Infinity. Why would you announce Infinity before another one? I don't know. I don't know. It's strange. It's a bit odd. So I think this might just be the next one. Two or three years is a long time to wait to say we had Valhalla last year. Yeah, but as I say, because it always have to do these DLC things. Are they just going to stretch it out? Because it gets them the dollar, dollar bill, y'all. That's what gaming yeah. is now, though, isn't it? Well, that's it. You never, you never buy a full game. Yeah, yeah. Full game, what's that, then? Never heard of them. Half a, half a game, which you pay a full price for, and you got to pay a full price for the other half of the game. That's a DLC. Welcome to modern gaming, everybody. It's rubbish. Yep. So, I don't know if you've seen this, but um, Forza Horizon 5 is going to have um, sign language interpreters as part of the game. So, in the accessibility settings, you can turn them on. So, when you do the dialogue, um, you'll have somebody doing sign language. Now, there's a couple of options. So, there's a, a US sign language option and a British one as well. So, I think that's a really good step in terms of gaming and offers something new. Because I remember looking, well, watching people using sign language at two o'clock in the morning, watching the Everdale Omnibus. I don't know why I did that, but anyway. But now they're bringing it into gaming, so I think it's a, a really a good and a really big step. And I hope more games follow suit. Yeah, because I remember when cool. I remember when the uh, Last of Us Part Two came out, and the amount of accessibility options they had in that game mm. were really quite mind blowing. We really thought about mm. almost everything. But well, this is going one step further, isn't it? Yeah. This is actually just an actual person, so they're just doing the sign language. Yeah, that's it. Bottom right side, doing the sign language. Yeah. The only thing is I think it's going to lead to more crashes. Because <laughs> people are going to be looking at the sign Could language. Could be, yeah. <laughs> but it's only for the um, story dialogue side. So ah, right. it won't be like when you're playing a In game. Gameplay. Ah, right. yeah. okay. That'd be funny, like, sharp, sharp left turns coming in, like, sign guys yeah. there doing, like, turn left. You're just, like, hair, hair <laughs> just staring at them, and you're just, like, in a tree. So I move out of the way, I can't see. Yeah. But no, that, that's great. Cool. That's right. Have we heard about some some leakage that has come out from uh, from Warner Brothers about a particular game? Mm-hmm. Not top of head. I don't remember this. Go on. No. Okay. Well, so there's, there's quite a few leaks that have come come from this. Um, well, basically. This. Um, it looks as though Warner Brothers are going to be making their own sort of Smash Brothers-esque kind of game, but Ooh. with all their like 
IPs instead. Oh, I remember this. Yes, there's a screenshot, wasn't there? Yes, so there's uh, there's a screenshot of some of the characters that are going to be in it. Um, it's a character select screen, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll go to what the game is apparently going to be called. So it's going to be called the Multiversus. Uh, very Catch wonderful game, I suppose. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so this, this screenshot that apparently came out um, had quite a few of the following characters. So they had, they had Steven Universe from, I suppose, Steven Universe. Uh, they got Batman, uh, Harley Quinn. From Batman. Batman from <laughs> Batman. Harley Quinn from Batman. <laughs> Uh, Finn and Jake from Adventure Time. Uh, Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Oh, he's going to be the most powerful. <laughs> you just know it. Ultra Instinct Shaggy. So we've got Superman and Woman, Wonder Woman, obviously from DC. Gandalf, the strange pick from Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, I suppose. Uh, you've got Rick from Rick and Morty. Uh, Bugs Bunny, obviously from the Looney Tunes. And Tom and Jerry. Of course. Because, uh, of course, you've got Tom and Jerry. And also, um, apparently, this, like, new original character that no one could recognise. So, perhaps something to do with the story mode, I'd imagine. Um, apparently, Not Marvin so, the Martian. <laughs> that'd be brilliant. So, also, outside of that screenshot, there were other characters that were kind of supposedly leaked or like confirmed to be in it so you've got um fred flintstone mad max Arya from game of thrones and johnny bravo oh i can't wait for johnny bravo versus batman (laughs) it it does sound a bit mental and I, i think they also tried to clear up that i think never never realms wasn't making this game i think some people Assume that their next game seemed to be tied to this, but I don't think it is. Um, I yeah, think then I think the next one for them is probably going to be the next Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Because apparently there's some indecision about what to do with Injustice. So uh, even though there's already supposedly uh, rumours about DC vs Marvel game potentially, but the only other things that have come out from this is that the game could be free to play, which already sounds a little bit worrying. Um, and that they may sell future characters as DLC. So they Ooh. give one character example being LeBron James. <laughs> Space Jam. This is in Space Jam. So, yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, it, it seems quite relevant in that, like, Nickelodeon had their own Smash clone. I don't know what kind of reception it's got. I don't know if it's out yet. I think it is, isn't it? I don't know what kind of reception it got or reviews or, or stuff, but it seems everyone seems to be looking at what Smash Bros has done and gone, yeah, we need, we want some of that pie. <laughs> so we'll see. It, it sounds like an interesting group of characters. I don't know how they all interact with one another, but yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that we didn't have the Tasmanian Devil like out the out the gate. Just seems like one that you'd have, but that would be cool. Yeah. Well, it might be there. Well, Just trying to think. I think we, we've got to have Neo, surely. I think that'll be a shout for a character. Morpheus. Morpheus. Trini. Porky Pig. <laughs> yeah, yeah Porky Pig. Sure, yeah. Porky Pig. Get, get Daffy Duck. Lola Bunny. Um, who else? <laughs> Granny. Oh, we'll get um, Dick Dastardly and his sidekick, Motley. That'd be amazing. Oh, that'd be good. Mm. By the KOT, Roadrunner. Yeah, that'd be good. You, there's, 
there's, there's a lot of potential to be fair with how many IPs Warner Brothers have got. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, if you saw the Space Jam sequel, you would have noticed Arthur. They just in the I don't know if you've seen it, but in the sequel, oh. they've got the uh, obviously they have the baseball uh, baseball game basketball game, <laughs> and in the perimeter they've just got like all possible Warner Brothers characters just in the crowds from like all yeah. their IPs. They're just all random people in there, but get them all in. I wonder if I wonder if they own um, Mortal Kombat as well. I doubt they'd use any of those characters. Maybe yeah. one. Yeah. You know, just... from separate from the other marketing thing, wouldn't they? Why not? You've got Aya. She's a brutal murderer. <laughs> they like special attacks, just like to rip your face off and just wear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the faceless man. Sega and Microsoft. They've come out with a thing that says Sega and Microsoft to explore strategic strategic alliance to create new strategic titles for Sega and establish a next generation development environment. Now I was going to read this statement they put out, but it's very wordy. And in the end, all it's basically saying is that Sega are now going to try and start using Microsoft's Azure cloud platform. That's about it. But it's, it's a very wordy thing. I think, I think the big big buzz sort of tag that came from this was to produce large-scale global games yes whatever they're going to be making what what's called a, a super game whatever that means yeah super game like super games like what apparently they're going to be spending potentially like one billion dollars on this mm. it's like what kind of game is needs one billion dollars this is the way it says the alliance would form the Alliance would form a key part of Sega's mid to long term strategy, allowing the business to move forward with Super Game, a new initiative for de- developing new and innovative titles where the key focuses are global, online, community, and IP utilization. Words. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like Sega Smash to me. Sega Smash. S- Sounds like PlayStation's home. Mm. Bring it back, please. <laughs> Well, people seem to get very excited that that means they're going to be bringing like loads of Sega games back, and I don't think that's quite what the this is. No, mm. this just seems like a new future thing for any new games. Well, if you do recall, was it earlier last year there was a some sort of alliance between Microsoft and Sony for Sony to use the Azure Cloud stuff as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sony uses it as well. Yeah, yeah. So, is this something similar or? I guess it's so. I don't think in the end I don't think this is a massive deal as people might think it is. Yeah, it just seems like a distribution method, really. I'd like to see mother, see see what they what they can produce. Yeah. Uh Sony have also announced that they've they've now formed what's known as PlayStation PC. So that's just a label for their new PC releases. Because they seem to be ramping them up now, don't they? Mm. Well we heard about God of War failed recently, so yeah. might be doing mm. some more first party titles. No, it's probably. I mean, this was Uncharted made it to PC yet? Probably will. I assume. Mm, I don't think so. Oh, I know. Wasn't there a mention for the Legacy Collection? I think. Oh yes, maybe. Yes. I think that uh, was going to PC. Was it Legacy of Thieves? Is it that? Is that going to PC? I don't know. Uh, Legacy of Thieves and then the um, Lost Legacy. Who knows? Something's going to be. Yeah. yeah, we've already got Horizon. Horizon was like the first one to go over. So. Uh, so quickly talk about a gaming event. So have you guys heard of PAX? Yeah. I have, yes. So PAX is held annually in Seattle, Boston, Philadelphia and San Antonio in the United States and Melbourne in Australia. So this is a 
uh, gaming event. But it doesn't exclusively cover video games, it does other gaming stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, but this is in regards to PAX South. It's going to it's going to stop indefinitely. So the one in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, it says, when the first PAX was uh, was held in 2004, we expected at least 100 locals to show up. Never in our wildest dreams did we anticipate more than 3,000 passionate fans to arrive, or for our one-time event to turn into a series held in five cities around the world. While each of our other events has flourished, some of them drawing hundreds of thousands of attendees from around the world, PAX South hasn't expanded, and the sub-extent has remained the same show that it was when we opened in 2015. Faced with that reality and compounded by the impact of COVID-19, we have made the difficult decision to bring PAX South to an end in the foreseeable future. The heart of PAX South lives on in the incredible memories we've made in our Texas community and with the international fans and enforcers who came out to support the show. We're sorry to all our friends who were looking forward to the show's return in 2022. We joined them in that, but we hope to see you again at other uh, events in PAX returns. You will forever be a part of our family and the legacy of PAX. We learned a great deal from you and future shows will be better for it. Thank you, San Antonio, for always embodying the PAX spirit by welcoming home gamers and the people who make the things we love, the PAX team. So that's a disappointing thing, isn't it? Because I think COVID had, did obviously affect a lot of gaming events, didn't I mean? It obviously affected E3. That disappeared for a while. And then we're getting more digital events, aren't we? Yeah. So it's a shame to be losing some of these in-person events, isn't it? I mean, I never, we never would have got to this event, but clearly it was big for that area. Mm, and the fact that yeah. it's got like five different versions of it, clearly a big thing. Well, that's a disappointment. But who knows? Maybe hopefully one day it'll come back. Hopefully. Yeah, there's enough demand. People shout about it enough. I'm sure they'll do something. Yeah. <laughs> right. I believe over the last two weeks, uh, we got to see a little, a little bit more of Halo Infinite, I recall. The... I've, not looked, I've not looked at any of this, so I'm intrigued to I mean, know it now. Okay, so we got to see, like, I suppose, uh, a new first look into sort of the campaign mode. Yeah. Um, I think this is, like, the first time they've shown it off since the, I suppose, now infamous um, Greg demo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I had a quick look at it. I mean, definitely, at least graphically, it looks a lot better. Like things don't look as as maybe flat might have been might be the right word. I think I think stuff did look a bit. Sorry, was this campaign stuff? Yes, this was campaign okay. stuff. Because that's 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 the thing I, I kind of noticed that when when they did the delay, they only kept talking about the multiplayer, and I was getting a bit mm. worried about what's actually happening with the campaign. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, carry on. No, it's fine. So yeah, so it looks looks a lot better. The line looks really nice in uh, in this one. I think it did like the original look of it, but here it looks a lot better. Like shadows really bounce and stuff in that. The shelves is a, a couple of stuff. Like so, it still very much seems like um open world to to an extent to a certain extent. And then like you can get from A to B however you want. It's not like linears. There's no real anything to stop you how you want to get there um so they they showed off this um uh, this sort of like i suppose a vehicle spawning um platform thing where you can sort of select kind of what vehicle you want to choose to kind of i suppose get to your destination there's quite a few different stuff there's like obviously you've got your warhog infamous is that going Uh, to control like a pig 
Probably. Um, <laughs> I don't think they'll ever change the controls of the Warhead. It's perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love those slide okay. inverted controls. Yeah. What's, what's wrong with that? You get to do power slides and stuff. And then they had, they had something called the Wasp, which I think is potentially new. I'm not sure. I've not played... Not really played Halo since, like, Reach. So <laughs> I can tell you if the Wasp is new or not, but it looks like it's a, the, the human variant of the Banshee. So that looked cool. So sort of making your way through through level looked pretty cool. And I think there's there's really that much new than kind of showing off graphically. It looks a lot better. I think they, they did, sorry, they did also show off um, an upgrade system for your abilities. Um, so I think you, you sort of get an like, amount of, I don't know if it's like points or like a, a material that you can use to upgrade certain abilities. So I think there's stuff like um, health increase. I think there was like a, I think there might be a sprinting one. I don't know about anything else. There was, it was a very brief kind of show of it, but everything does look a lot better. Craig's also got a beard now, so I think that might have been done on purpose. <laughs> Just to... Uh, just to annoy everyone else. They showed off a few a few of her like what I'm assuming are gonna be sort of story characters that like there seems to be a covenant that hunts down spawns. I'm just looking at the wasp now, it does look really cool. So I can go pretty high with it and then just shoot things from down below. It's mm, great. It does look cool. I do I do like the introduction of the um the the wrist grapple hook. Like I've like I've seen I've seen some like videos of it for people using it in multiplayer and like some of the stuff that you can do is absolutely insane. Like, I've seen people like light uh, like a barrel on fire and like the barrels kind of like fly off and then they'll hook to the barrel and just like fly across the map. It's like what? While they've got the flag of like the other team as well, so it's just like absolutely insane. <laughs> it does look good fun. That's it as well. So um. So in the in the map as well, there's what are going to be called the uh, banished strongholds that you need to take down, and then they become essentially like your strongholds to use to spawn vehicles from. Basically, story-wise, there was a little bit added to that as well. Don't want to spoil too much if you've not gone too far into like the Halo lore, but you end up getting a new AI to help you. Um, it's called the Weapon. That looks strangely similar enough to Cortana. Called the Weapon. Yeah. It's a crap name. I don't know why it's called the weapon, I'm sure. Oh, it's a, a really cool name. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's there's a low reason for it. So they showed off a couple of new enemies as well. So there was one that was called the Skimmers, which seemed to be essentially just jetpacked enemies. Which I felt like we've seen before anyway, but I think these are like the forerunner versions, maybe? Mm. Again, me and Halo Lows about all over the place. And yes, yeah, so this like, is a Covenant enemy uh, that's very much goes around and likes to kill spawns. Also happens to have two, oh sorry, one Covenant sword and also a like a, a, a wrist type sword. That's cool. That's very friendly. But yeah, it, it all looks pretty good. It looks a lot better than it did last time. And I wish I had an Xbox come 8th December. <laughs> Oh, it's still time. A PC, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can do that, guy. So, have you heard about what t- what's happened with Take Two? So, this is from uh, Jason Schreier on Bloomberg. So, Take Two Interactive Software 
2K Games has cancelled an unannounced project from developer Hangar 13. The company, in its, in its earnings statement last Wednesday, said it has spent $53 million on the project, but it was ended. Because it, uh, further development on, so $53 million was spent for further development of an unannounced title in its pipeline. The project, which was codenamed Vault, had gone through multiple iterations since it was first conceived. The current version struggled due to reboots, technological hiccups, and challenges caused by COVID-19, of course. Uh, the game, which has been in development in various forms since 2017, was set to feature superheroes competing in online gameplay. I'm getting to wonder whether it was canned because Avengers went down <laughs> badly. So they thought, no, nah, we won't go down this route. Probably. Uh, it was set to be a new intellectual property for Hangar 13, but 2K executives didn't see it as a worthwhile investment because of the amount of time needed in development before it became a finished product. So, yeah, so they spent $53 million on a project that never saw the light of day and wasn't even announced. Glad the, I um, hang, was it Hangar 13? Yeah. They're the guys that May, was it the Mafia games? Was it? Oh, oh yeah. that's a long way to. Hmm, that's a lot of money to isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's got to be up there with the biggest waste of money in gaming. 53 million, that's a lot. What's the other ones? Avengers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure. I wonder how much money was spent on the Duke Nukem stuff. I feel like it won't be that much. Duke and Forever? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty crap, wasn't it? that were in development for so long as well well that yeah. by the time it did come out everything was just so aged well that was it you know control wise it was just it wasn't that good the humor was from an age we don't remember <laughs> there's been an announcement that grand theft auto san andreas vr is coming to the oculus quest 2 Ooh. yeah what's your thoughts on this didn't our friend Zuckerberg um, talk about this? I think so, with, didn't he? With all the meta stuff coming out. Well, I, it was, I think it was, it, was, it was something to do after the Resident Evil 4 launch for it. Because that's been getting a lot of good reviews as well. A lot of people saying it's really good. Hmm. So. I mean, I'd play, in, I'd play San Andreas in VR. I think it'd be quite interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I'd play, be able to play the entire game in VR. I wonder what the like the driving would be like. Nauseous. I'm I'm just going to do the jetpack cheat and spin around and start throw up. Be great. <laughs> oh yeah, because you're flying all that, can't you? Yeah. Do that. Swim. Yeah. Mm. Do the swimming. Parachute jumping. Yeah, there's parachute. Yeah, as long as it's the as long as it's the new version, not the original version, I think it should be okay. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the. Uh, Get on the train mission. It's not going to be easier or harder. Who knows? <laughs> How's the cutscenes work then? Uh, I imagine they'll just, just take you to like a, yeah, just like a normal screen. Yeah. They do that for Resident Evil. So. Right. I'd have to get the Oculus 2 first, though. That's the only thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Is I'll, I'll never play it because it's just oh, it's too expensive, isn't it? Well, at least you don't need to hook up to your PC. It is like standalone the Quest, Quest Two. Right. So not so much fiddling around. At what cost? Three hundred quid. That's the cost. 
I'm it's not, not as paying... bad as I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not paying 300 quid just to play San Andreas. It's worth the You've got Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, because I'm going to play Resident Evil VR, aren't I, Matt? 150 yeah, sure. quid per game. Not to mention, you'd be able to play chess with me in VR if I were to get one. Oh, well, that... I'd, do, I'd do that. Let's just be I just want to get the pieces and just throw me. <laughs> <laughs> Here, take this pawn. <laughs> Have this knight. <laughs> pawn takes Nathan's face. <laughs> King to I1. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking at it now. The Oculus 2 looks pretty cool. It looks like. It does look a snazzy piece of kit, doesn't it? I might buy it. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, bring it to office. Right. Just to, I suppose, throw this a little bit back on topic. Something that we spoke about, I can't remember if it was in the last pod, it was like a, a pod previous. But we had confusion over um, the anniversary edition of Skyrim and its pricing and what yes. is actually going to be happening with it. Um, so Bethesda have come out. Uh, and outlined the actual pricing structure for the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim Anniversary Edition. Bit of a mouthful. So what they've said is to to buy the game standalone, uh, it will cost $47.99. So this is if you don't own the game at all? Yeah, so if you, if you don't own Skyrim at all, you don't, you've not got a special edition or any, any other kind of Skyrim, yeah. Uh, the standalone version is forty-seven ninety-nine. Um, okay. If you do own the special edition, yep, you can upgrade that at launch uh, to a price of fifteen pounds ninety-nine to the anniversary edition. Because I've, I've kind of forgot what the upgrades were actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, something like yeah, uh, something well, yeah. The only thing Bethesda's originally done anything in this game is the fishing. Although I've heard as well, there is like potentially some some new missions as well that has ties to Morrowind and Oblivion. Right. I've heard that somewhere. So um, along with that, obviously you've got about 500 plus community creations that oh, yeah. Bethesda of sides somehow fits into the game as well. So what they've also noted as well. Um, is that your achievement slash trophy progress um, will carry over from the special edition um, over to the anniversary edition, unless you're upgrading from the PS4 version to the PS5 version. I don't know why, but that's the thing. Um, But also, they do have a a next-gen upgrade coming. Um, for the special and anniversary editions, oh. they will be free if you right. own those games. Okay. Okay. So don't worry about that. So, so as long as we pay the fifteen ninety nine to upgrade the special edition, we're okay. So oh, you even get, if you just got the special edition, so you get the definitive edition. Like, but then there's going to be an upgrade on that. Yeah, so there's going to be like a an, a PS five version of the special edition and oh, anniversary edition, but they're free. So if you've got a special edition, you don't upgrade. You can get the PS5 version for free. Oh, the tinkering. The tinkering. The tink- <laughs> they just need to move on. <laughs> <laughs> just just make make the next game already, Starfield. But, yeah, that's... Uh, that's it's Ridley Scott and Blade Runner all over again. Just <laughs> messing about with it. Just move on. 
Speaking of moving on, do we uh, do we have any any other news? Shall we get into the state of play? Oh, that thing! I completely forgot there was. Yeah, that that thing happened. That thing. Moving um, on. <laughs> yeah. Overall, yeah, I went first. Off on one game. Uh, th- yeah, the the last game that showed off, I think, was probably the the, the most interesting. Was it yeah. the Little Devil Inside? Yes. Yeah, I looked at that and to be honest, I didn't know what it was trying to be. I'd say because when I was it the, that that big PS5 thing they did mm. ages ago just before it launched, the Little Devil Inside appeared on that, didn't it? But I don't yeah. think it showed any gameplay of that. It just, no. No, it was very much just cinematic. But this looks quite different from what I could tell. The bit where he's like in his car and then yeah, and then about like the world, and he's just, yeah, wobbling that. around, and then it moved into like the the, the kind of thing. It's it almost like you know, it reminded me a little bit of it reminded me of how um, Legend of Zelda two kind of plays, and then like. They'll go over Mark, but if, if Nathan kind of knows what I mean, you kind of you got like an over map that you walk around, mm. and then anytime you go into like a, a grassy part, there's like enemies that start appearing. If you bump into them, then it moves into like a, a proper like 2D side-scrolling plane where you like you start to fight all the monsters until you get out of the stage. You kind of remind me a little bit of that, and then like you had an over map, you walk around, and then once you bump into like some enemies or whatever it was it moves yeah. like a 3D plane where you have to then start battling what you've got. I I was quite intrigued by that because I don't think many games have really utilised that before that I can remember. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia um, the entry. It says mm. the, the game's single player and cooperative multiplayer modes both follow the professional and personal lives of explorers searching for monsters and supernatural events in a 19th century inspired world. I realised it was caught. No, I didn't. That's new. But you kind of saw that when you went they went to that house, didn't they? And then the mm. the ghoul things came out. But I'm very intrigued by that one. Yeah, that's one I'll keep my eye on. But when I first saw in the back in that PS5 thing ages ago, I thought it seemed like I have some decent comedy moments in it. I didn't see many comedy in this. No. Seem fairly serious, but yeah, I hope it's still got his comedy chops. Yeah. I see. It was only a small part portion of the game, and like, it sounds like it's going to be a, a massive game from the looks of it. So we'll see. We'll see if there's any more on it. Yeah. Was there anything in that state play? Oh, sorry. What were you going to say about? Yeah, I was just going to say that one one of the games that really stood out to me was um, First Class Trouble. Um, looked quite interesting. It's like an Among Us style game where you've got to sabotage rip, rip, rip people. Is the word you're looking for. No, I'll, I'll be honest. Among Us was not the first game to to do this kind of stuff. <laughs> Among Us is the rip off. Rip off of well, the rip off. Rip offs. True. Anyway, yeah, that one looked pretty good. I just That's coming to PS Plus, isn't it? It's already on PS Plus oh, right it's now. It's out now. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, for PS4 and 5, so you can play that right now if you wanted to. Funnily enough, I did have a game of it, but I'll get to that later on in the podcast. But yeah, I enjoyed the aesthetic of it, like the 1950s, 60s styling. Yeah. Um, oh, it was quite good. Um, we also got um, confirmation of a Bugsnax update. 
Yeah, the Isle of Big Snacks. Mm. Yeah. Isle of Big Snacks. I've still not played that game, but we oh. were the thing is we were all excited about this beginning with, and then I think you played it, didn't you, Nathan? You were <laughs> yeah. disappointed. You were yeah, it disappointed me a bit. But I might come back to it because this upgrade's coming early twenty twenty two, so I might get it reinstalled after that and see what it's like. But yeah, the upgrade gives you well, giant bug snacks. Um they've got hats now. So that's mm. the thing. Yeah. Hats. You can decorate your hut. That side of it felt a bit like Animal Crossing to me in terms of the decoration side, but mm. no, it adds another option. I don't think anything else interested me in that event. I know it was third person. Uh, third person. Third, third party. party. <laughs> yeah, because they came out before and said there's not going to be any first party games. Um, yeah. I mean, you can't expect all these events to fit everyone's taste anyway, can you? So. No. I mean, it is nice that they still have the events, so they're still telling people that these games are still like are coming. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Let's these... highlight them and stuff, you know. Yeah, these are games. Highlight are... them, I wouldn't have known about them anyway. Yeah. So it's yeah, good to have that. I think it's just when they announce them like that, you gotta like temper your expectations. But you're like, okay, so there's probably gonna be maybe one or two games that I'll, I might take a fancy out of it. So. Mm. Oh yeah, Mark. What did you think of Five Nights at Freddy's? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> God, you're going to kill touching that with a barge ball. It, yeah, it, it, it looked really... It looked good, but it looked... It, yeah. It's the environment looks really good. That sort of aesthetic and all the neon lights and all that. It looked really cool. But it's just mm. like, nope. I do, I do, yeah. I do like the idea of it, like, how how far this series seems to have come from, like, 2D, you know, just rotating left and right to close stuff to now full on 3D environments and getting to like hide in space and whatnot. It does look it does look quite interesting to be fair. But yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. One thing I will admit, um, it came up with that number at the end, and I thought, oh, is this some sort of puzzle? Because it didn't click that it was the American date format. So I was like <laughs> online searching the number, like, has this got any significance? And then I looked at it again, and it was like, no, it's coming out on the 16th of December. <laughs> and I've just been there for a good 10 12, minutes. 16, like, what does this 20, mean? <laughs> what does it mean? The numbers, Nathan. The numbers. <laughs> so I've got down that Konami has delayed the full launch of eFootball. Um, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> so that was meant to have come out on the 11th of November, but is now scheduled for spring 2022. But they've also cancelled the, the the premium player pack. Um, yes, the thing Yeah. So that's good news, but it's like. But I got what do you mean by the, the full launch? Because the game had already been out, hadn't it? This. So I'm I'm not too sure. I think they they had like a, I'm assuming like an, an early access launch planned where people get into it find out what's wrong with it and then somehow fix it but <laughs> no, no, they just um, released the game as is and that just happened no sorry no happened. sorry the full launch was going to be they're going to add all the other modes into it weren't they so you can have like the yeah. the i suppose their ultimate team mode so it's it basically it was just a basic version yeah it was just it was just like a, a demo it was the basically. game but they hadn't there's still a lot of things to yeah do. everything was unlocked and you could only do like drop in matches and stuff like that when i played it so Yep, so Spring 22 back for that. CD Project Red 
came out and said all all new uh, all new updates DLC for Cyberpunk 2077 let's say it right properly uh, is now going to be pushed into next year. So nothing new for that game now for the next at least two months or so. <laughs> Um, I, I believe also uh, Blizzard came out recently saying that their two sequels to their biggest games, Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2, have now been delayed to 2023 at the earliest. <laughs> that's a very big delay. Don't know if that's I must. I don't want to say that's anything to do with current ongoings, <laughs> but it could very well be. Just a few other quick ones. Shadow Warrior 3 uh, got delayed into next year. There's no definitive date for that. Marvel's Midnight Suns, which was announced for March 2022, is now getting delayed into that later half of that year. Um, and Bandai Namco has come out and said the release for Digimon Survive, um, which was a game that was meant to come out in 2019, will now be coming out next year instead but a lot of fans me included kind of already knew that so. <laughs> uh, so that's my quick fire delayed news but in the end delays are good yeah it gives us more time to play what we've got yeah it's not like we've run out of games is it no i've got them yeah. they're not going to get released in an awful state and let's well, face well, it. Well, that still might happen. But. The end of this year slash the first quarter next year. There was one big game that really came out that was delayed quite a few times that still came out in a massively awful state. <laughs> Which one? Cyberpunk. Well. It just happens so much nowadays. <laughs> delayed and delayed and still came out, buddy. Uh, yeah, but apparently it ran surprisingly well on basic consoles. They said. Mm. But it didn't. All right, I've got one thing. Okay. To finish off. So, Snoop Dogg. We know Snoop Dogg. Not yeah. personally, but we know of him. <laughs> so, he was on the Rolling Stone Music Now podcast. Mm. And he said this in regard to his friend and fellow rap artist, Dr. Dre. He said, I do know he's in the studio. I do know he's making great effing music. And some of his music is connected to the GTA game that's coming out. So, I think that will be the way that his music will be released. Through the GTA video game. So I don't know if this is supposed to be related to the a new GTA game or whether this is going to end up in the, you know, the, the Divinity Remakes. Edition thing. Possibly. But who knows? I wonder if it's, so, uh, yeah. Either he's going to be the new one or they'll add his music into something like San Andreas. It makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, if they are going to add his music <coughs> into San Andreas, it made me think that they might not have got the right licensing for the yeah, songs. So they've, so they've had to, yeah, so they've fit other ones in. Yeah. But also, it's supposed to set during the night, isn't it? So yeah. it's supposed to be 90s music. But obviously, this won't be 90s music. This is created now. But it's interesting, nonetheless. Mm. Bit of, bit of drill. clearly a vice Yes, <laughs> it's going to be vice city, yeah. Based in the 80s. I should move on to what we've been playing, then. Yeah. Oh, why not? Who wants to kick us off? You. Me? You. You always say that when I ask, but I like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've been playing a game. Well, I've played two games, but the one, the first one I'm going to talk about is a game I've been playing on and off for what feels like about a year. Probably, probably like January, 
February, I might start it. It's a big Ooh. game. One I've been wanting to play for a long time. And that game is Mass Effect Andromeda. Ah, okay. So, as I say, I've played it from about January, February. And I, I intently played it when I first started it. It played quite a lot, and then, for whatever reason, nothing came along, and then I just started playing other things, and then I kind of dipped in and out of playing it. And now recently I've really got back into it and I've, I've now managed to finish it. Which oh, took nice. a heck of a lot of time. Many hours were put into this. So the game is basically about, so you play a, uh, a human. So races in the Milky Way for reasons that I can't remember. I've left the Milky Way and they're traveling towards to Andromeda to try and make new lives themselves, to, to make settlements. Mm-hmm. So, they brought different races board these uh, different ships called the Arcs. So each race has a different arc. And yours is called the Hyperion. And it travels to the, uh, to the Andromeda Galaxy. And things happen. And you can either choose to be one of two siblings. Either be Scott or Sarah Ryder. They're your two choices, male, female, character. Whichever you choose, the other one ends up in a coma. Uh, plot and each person each race on the rock has somebody called a pathfinder so these are the, like the leaders of those races on this mission so this collectively this mission is known as the andromeda initiative and for plot reasons you become the human pathfinder so you end up leading the human endeavor mm. and what you have to do is you have to travel around the andromeda galaxy uh, basically trying to find a new home for civilization. And as part of that, you have to try and build bridges with local planets, like local communities on these planets who already exist before you arrived. Mm. Some, some are welcoming, others not so welcoming. And whilst all this is going off, and basically you build colonies on different planets by doing jobs and missions to help these people out. And then, in the midst of all this, there is a vicious race in the galaxy known as the Ket, who are trying to take over the galaxy. So basically, yeah, you're trying to help these people defend against them as well. Now, that's all I'll say in regards to plot. Now, you probably remember that when this game launched, it's, it didn't get a smooth launch. No, it was a bit <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was, a lot was said about it in terms of its bugs and things like that. And some of the bugs do still exist, I have to say, when I played it. Do they still have googly eyes? Yes. So I, so I played as Scott Ryder, and his eye, so he'll be talking to somebody, and then suddenly he just got all glazy eyes, and <laughs> he started doing, like, you know, like The Undertaker thing, where they, like, roll back into his head. <laughs> it was really quite weird. And I know there was talk about the um, lip sync. That wasn't mm. so bad, from what I noticed anyway. But, but I one did, did worked on that yeah that 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 wasn't a massive problem to me but one thing i did notice is um the glitches in terms of movement of characters so you'll be like on the nexus which is sort of like the citadel from the original mass effect so it's like the home of the andromeda initiative the space station and you'll be you'll be on there and then there'll be people just standing around and suddenly they'll just slide across the floor like they just go like as if they're moonwalking (laughs) yeah (laughs) very odd and then they'll just slide back 
But overall, I think this game got a really bad rap. Because in the end, I think it's a really solid game. Okay. And it's not. I mean, it's not. It's not on the same, you know, wave of as the original Mass Effect trilogy. But what would be? Because that's a hard act to follow. True. Because you've got things like because a lot of that was about you know the character development and that kind of thing, and it's over three games and it's like that whole story arc, isn't it? Whereas this yeah. it is one complete story in one game, so it, it does have start, middle, and end. Okay. So you don't quite have that as much development of the characters, but you do get some. Some are more developed than others. I mean, there's a particular character called Jarl, who I think's very well developed. He sort of, you know, in Mass Effect games, you can develop uh, relationships with people, can't you? You can have romance yeah. with people, and that still exists in this. But in this, which I, I don't think was in the original, is you can have you can form friendships. Now I know effectively you you're making friendships anyway, but there's an actual official friendship choice okay. in this. And I I don't know if you can do it for multiple characters, but I only did it for this this character. I simply goes down like one pathway for you know like a romance. Once you've chosen one, it goes down that pathway for that person. Hmm. Whereas this I did this with a, this character called Jarl, and you and I won't say what because plot, but he learns something about his the, the history of his race, and it actually becomes quite personal. You know the the way you you both discuss all this, and he's hmm. very open to you and things like that. And that was quite emotional. But overall, you don't have the emotional depth as you do in the original trilogy. You don't quite have that level with the people you come across. So you accumulate this crew, like you do, and the, this ragtag bunch. And they are good. They are, they are actually good characters, you know. But as I said, they won't, they won't quite be as good, a, as well known as you, as you know from the original trilogy. But overall, I thought it was a really entertaining game, and I think it got a really bad rap. And it's a real shame, because obviously when it got launched, everyone just spoke about the bugs and things like that. And I don't think much was really said about the actual game. Mm. But I must have put into about 60, 70 hours into this now. I put a lot out, because I've, I've got up to, I think it's, I think there's only four tasks over on the entire game that I've not done. And there's a lot of things to do in it. A lot of things. I think it's 97% overall done. Wow. But, the, but these are like jobs where you have to find like multiple things. Like find these data pads and there's probably like 15 of them. And the markers don't tell you exactly where they are. So I'd have to look up a guide to find out where these things are. Mm. Whereas all the other jobs, pretty much just like go here, speak to this person, blah, 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 blah. Mm. So I, I might finish them off. I don't know. Because well, I've, I've come so far, I might want to yeah, finish it off. May as well do that last three percent while you're there. Yeah, but no, I I I really enjoyed it actually, and I think anybody who's purposely ignored it because of what has been said about it, if you're like a fan of the Mass Effect original trilogy and you thought, now nah, I won't do this because it's you know it's wrecked it all, and you're not bothered, I'd say give it a, give it a try. You're probably picking up quite cheap now actually. No, but it's, it's, it is really good, and I think it's a real shame that it's 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 not had the it's, it's not got the the um, the, belief the recognition it, is, it deserves. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say it's perfect, but largely very entertaining. Just but, looks, I can pick it up with delivery for four pounds. 
Not bad there at all. It's well worth four pounds. I'll give you that. Was it on the um, PlayStation Plus as well at some point? I don't know because I, I I bought this ages ago. Uh, on Xbox. I'll have a look. But one other thing I've been playing, and I I kind of feel like Matthew's been playing this as well. So if he wants to chip in, go ahead. Uh, that is Call of Duty Vanguard. No, oh, I've not been playing them. Of course, of course you haven't. <laughs> um, I don't want to really say much about it because I've now completed the campaign. Have you completed the campaign, Matthew? Oh, no. <laughs> no. I'm not. Okay. Have, you, have you played any of the campaign? Uh, I played the first mission and I think I'm about, oh, I want to say halfway through the second one. Okay, well, I, I won't go too much into it then. But basically, you are you are this bunch of allied uh soldiers who come from different parts of the world. So you've got an Australian, British, American and Russian. And they all have their own specialist areas. So you've got one who's a pilot, uh, that's the American guy, mm-hmm. got a Russian sniper, Australian, like a demolitions expert, and then you've got the British like a, he's, he's kinda like the team leader. Basically. Yeah. And they all have that like the their different skills when you play. So the story plays out as so you start off with all, all, all of them, and then you end the story with all of them. And in between, it's sort of like flashbacks to their individual stories. Yeah. And their campaigns. How, how they all banded together, basically. Yeah. And, and you, you, you explore, you know, so they play quite differently, each one. And their skills are quite good. I mean, uh, the pilot guy, he's got like a, he can like sort of see through walls, like perk thing, and then he slows down times when he shoots him. Okay. But, it's, but it's kind of like a time limited thing. Hmm. And then the Russian sniper lady, uh, she could like sneak through passageways really quickly while crouching and all that. And she could climb as well. Uh, graphically, really impressive. I think it looks really nice. Like, yeah, I was really impressed with the first mission. Yeah. Doesn't like really the, good. Um, the moments that you're on the train. It was hmm. really good. Really enjoyed that mission. Yeah, so it's raiding, heavily raiding. You're jumping between train, train cars, and shooting Nazis, as you do. Nazis. Uh, but then things happen, and then as I say, you come together at the end. I think it, I think the levels improve as the story goes along. I mean, it does start off on a high with the train thing. Yeah. And it's, it sort of dips a bit, I think. But then, uh, when you get to a particular level with the Russian sniper lady, it's a mission called Lady Nightingale. Uh, that's when I think Ah, yeah, I've, I've heard about. Yeah, I've heard about this mission. This is like, I'm, I'm yeah, a lot of people. Peak of the campaign, sort of thing. Yeah, a lot of people seem to think that's the the, the, the peak of it, but I like the ones after it as well. I think okay. it is. So. Uh, but no, really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, where it stands in the the annals of COD history campaigns, I'm not quite sure, but I enjoyed it for what it was. It's quite short. Though. It's not. It's not a massively long campaign. It's about five, six hours, something like that. Mm. Uh, it's good. There's a nice one where you're a uh, nice level where you're flying a plane, where you're, you're doing like uh, dogfights. Oh, good. And that's the, in the Battle Midway. That's good. And then you, you get the ones where you're you know, exploring in the Pacific Islands and D-Day and all that at the beginning. And then you get North Africa later on. I, th- I think they're really good ones, the North Africa campaign bits. Mm. But they're really good. I've, 
And so I completed that last night. And then I've jumped on the multiplayer. You played in the multiplayer. Played a lot of the multiplayer. <laughs> okay. Well, I've only played a little bit. But what was your what was your thoughts on the multiplayer? Um, so far I'm really enjoying this one actually. Um, probably mm. probably more than probably more than Cold War. Um, I don't know whether that's down to because uh, Vanguard is made using a, a modified version of the Modern Warfare engine. So the the movement's very very similar. I would say I would say I think the movement feels a little slower in in Vanguard than it does in Cold War, but I think the the map layouts are very designed in a way for to 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 enhance that movement basically. Like it, yeah, it's it's a good way of use for that movement. So um, no, really enjoying it so far. Um, I do I do like as well. So. From the looks of it, um, there's probably the the least amount of game modes um, in this in this multiplayer compared to previous ones. So I think there's only you've only got team deathmatch, um, kill confirmed, domination, hardpoint, um, search and destroy, like all the I suppose classic Call of Duty modes now. Yeah. Um, and you've also got Forgetting one somewhere in there, but they essentially like the the new mode that they've introduced into this mode player is called Patrol, and the best way to describe it is is hard point, but it's it moves around the map rather than being stationary. Yeah. So it essentially has its own path that it follows, and you have to be in the the circle for a long amount of time while it's going around the map. So it's it's actually quite even in terms of that, like, both teams spawn on like, opposite sides and the point kind of goes around each point quite evenly. So you can both take the point as much as, like, the others are trying to fight you for it, in effect. Mm. Um, and I've been enjoying it, actually. I think, I think as well, the, the thing that I'm actually quite impressed about, and I wasn't expecting it to be is that along with the game modes there's like there's there's three different variants of of each mode now that they've introduced so i think this is just based on the amount of players that they will allow into yeah. that mode in effect so they've got stuff like um they've got uh the tactical variant which is seems to be like the the least amount of players there's a bit more thought into the gameplays. It's a bit, it's a bit slow paced. You've got the assault one, which seems to be like the, the in the middle kind of. You've got, all right, you've got a few more players. Maybe the gameplay is a little bit more speedy. Things seem to be a bit quicker, but it's not too minimal. Um, and then they've got the blitz one, where you can have literally up to like 40 players in the map, um, and it just becomes completely frantic. But it's not in a way that it's like confusing or out and out like one team's definitely dominating the other if you try and spawn camp or whatnot. Yeah. It's it's pretty good how it it seems like each match is now varied in a way that it's it's refreshing in, in a way. Like each each like next mode you play is different to the last. It's not. Yeah, it makes it makes same. each map I guess you can it makes each map a bit more unique. Just depending on a player yeah. count. Really. Yeah, pretty much. Like, there's, there's certain maps that counter, that, um, 
that can, what's the word, conform to the, the 20v20. Sometimes some maps are only good for the 6v6. Yeah, yeah. But it's varied enough in that, like, it feels like I'm, I'm not experiencing the same, um, same match each time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really like how they've implemented that because I think that's something that I think previous tiles have really struggled with is that they'll always introduce new game modes that say like, oh, we've got like ground war for modern warfare. It's like 32 v 32. And then by like a few months later, people are hardly playing it. Yeah. Um, because I said, I'm not... disappointed there's no war though. That's it. I just, I, I want my really war. <laughs> yeah, I want my war. Yeah, it's it's my favorite game type of like any Call of Duty, I think. Um, but you know, you never know. It could be something that's in the pipeline at some point as seasons yeah. go by. As long as enough people make enough noise about it. But yeah. no, really, really enjoying the multiplayer this this time. Yeah. I've only played a bit of the multiplayer, only a few games, but I I did really like it because I played um, is it Castle. Is that one of the maps? Castle, yes. It's a, yeah. it's a classic, um, yeah. classic map from my World at War. Yeah, so that was the first one I played. I actually did all right on that, but part of me thinks, is that just because of this skill-based matchmaking thing? Because I'm a noob, is it putting me with other noobs so that it makes me feel good? <laughs> and then down the line, I'm going to be awful. Which is probably I should have to your matches. I probably feel like it gone. Yeah. But we need to get a clan. We need to get a clan because we get extra yeah. people for a clan. Yeah, I should do so. Oh yeah, also to mention as well, I do like the as matches end, you go like, oh here's oh, yeah. here's a a player of the game. Well, it depends on what game type you're playing. If it's team deathmatch or something like that, I think it's like there's a player of the game. Yeah. If it's something like search and destroy, it's like it's normally like the final kill that you get to see. Um, but then you got like the team MVP stuff. So like they'll they'll always pick out three people with who've done certain things. Better than others, like could be like most headshots, um, highest score, um, or like highest kill death ratio or something like that. Yeah. There, there was one that was thought was funny. It was like there was one that just says honorable mention. Mm-hmm. It's like the guy who's got like maybe like the second or third best score. <laughs> just like okay, but you can vote on um, either of them. You can get like XP out of it as well. And if you vote. If you vote early and everyone votes on your same person, you get extra P, uh, extra XP as well for those votes if he wins. Oh, right. It's pretty cool. It's like I like it. It's very much like um, Overwatch does something similar, where you can vote for like the like the best player depending on what they've done in the game as well. It's very much they've taken that system and put it in, but it, it rewards like positivity and stuff. So it can only be like a good thing. Plus you get some extra stuff out of it, so it's it's cool. I quite like it. I've had a couple of MVPs already. <laughs> I've not. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I've, I only played like two games, so. But no, I, I enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to playing more of it actually. So, yeah, really I'll play good. More of that later on today. Mm. You got anything else you want to talk about, Matthew? Or oh, anything else on this? Um. Well, just to I suppose add in the the third and final game mode from, from Vanguard Ooh, that I've been playing, on. which has been the zombies aspect of it. Oh, I should have done, I should have known that. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. Oh, that's a, that's an interesting, hmm. 
Yeah. I'm uh, suggesting you not have that. Well, I, I don't know what to really say about it. Like, the, the first word that comes to my mind when I want to talk about it is disappointing. Ooh. Um, why? So, how can I describe this? So the zombies in Vanguard this year is is very very different to any of the sort of zombies that have kind of come before it. Okay. Um, so what you do essentially when you start off, you're in like a almost kind of like a hub kind of world in in Stalingrad, and you've got three sort of portals that will take you to a specific we'll, we'll say multiplayer map that's dressed up like like a zombies map basically and you've got certain objectives that you got to do in there to then unlock that next part of the the hub world in effect um but there's only three objectives so far so there's one that's called harvest where you have to kill zombies that uh, eventually drop these rune stones that you then feed into this like um I forgot what they call it, but it's essentially like a, a stone um altar thing. Um and once you fed it, it will then move around the map to another point in which then you'll need to feed it again. And then after a third time it finishes and it returns you back to the hub world. So then you unlock sort of that next part of Stalingrad in which in which case you might unlock um like a, a perk fountain. Um which replace the perk machines. But the the act's very similar in that they give you extra abilities like extra health, extra health regen, um, movement speed, reload speed, or critical damage. Um, and you essentially do that until you kind of unlock all of Stalingrad. And then the uh, the poles then appear in a very specific place all the time. And that's how you kind of advance, uh, advance the round each time you do an objective, you advance the round. But there's no... How can I put it? It's it's round based, but also not round based um, map in like how I would envision it. Like you normally got like doors to unlock. You've got special rounds that happen that bring enemies in or whatnot. And there's no like Easter egg quest in it either. Right. So it's very it's very bare bones of, of a zombie mode. I think that's going to be any additions to it. They are going to make additions to it. They, they announced that once once season one of Vanguard properly happens, because we're still in like pre-season slash the last season of Cold War. Once season one properly happens, I think that's when they're going to be introducing more elements to to the game type and a proper like Easter egg quest to do. But at the moment, it just feels empty. I have to say, when you think about it, though, because they put a lot into the normal multiplayer, aren't they? There's a lot in this launch. They have done, yeah. So and maybe, to, maybe to be fair, with, with the zombies mode, it has been um, it's been developed by Treyarch, so it's not yeah. um, it's not Sledgehammer who's focused on it. But I don't think Treyarch had enough time from still doing their own zombies in Cold War to to do enough different. Like a lot of the a lot of elements within Cold War is similar into Vanguard, so. Um, you can pick like a, a an ability to take in with you, um, which is pretty much similar. Well, pretty much exact what was in Cold War already. So you could have like Ring of Fire, 
um, which um, basically puts a ring of fire around you and you do a lot more damage while you're in that fire. Um, they've also got like Frost Blast, which does like a an area effect, like slows enemies down and stuff. And then they've got um, Aether Shroud, which uh, makes you invisible um, for a certain amount of time. And then I think the one that's called just Energy Energy Mine, which just puts like energy mines down on the ground and once somebody's getting near it it just blasts but you can't upgrade them like you could in cold war so they're very like the the, the very base um abilities that you can't do much with and i don't know it's they've tried something different with it and i think until they add kind of more content to it and it starts growing i can't really make a a good like informs decision in my mind on if it will be good or not. Like at the moment, it's just there. Yeah, I think it's a case of wait and see, isn't it? Because I think <laughs> yeah, I think they just waited on it for getting all the multiplayer stuff out of the way first initially, making uh, sure that's yeah, doing well. I so. I mean, from from what I've heard in the multiplayer, a lot of people are saying this is the most like complete launch of a multiplayer since yeah, people are saying since like Black Ops Three. Yeah, and that's like up. impressive. They made a lot of changes from the beta. I know that. Yeah, uh, I had a lot of negativity coming out from the beta, and then as the four games come out, everyone's like, "Oh, this is like much improved, like fair play, you've, you've done really well." So, but no, um, so far I'm enjoying it. It's it's good. Uh, I do want to get through the campaign at some point and just yeah, play more of it, and hopefully war eventually come. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Have you played any other games? Oh, is that all you've done? No, no, I've got other games. We've had two right. weeks. Thank God, it only came out Friday. So. It is true. I've been not been just twiddling my thumbs since then. Um, yeah. so, that you, you have. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, so um, well before Vanguard came out, I was playing Black Ops Cold War. Um, now, what I was doing on here um, was I was going through the the zombies outbreak mod. Um, so I don't, you, you might have heard me talk about it previously, but it was essentially um, a, a zombies version of battle royale, I suppose, in a way. Uh, oh well, a more um, close terms would be the the fire team game mode that they had in Cold War, where it was like mini battle royale type games that you could do um but something that i never realized because i kind of i kind of stopped black ops at some point and then like months later i came back probably missed about three seasons of content and apparently during my hiatus from it they they actually added um a, an easter egg quest into outbreak so it's like oh cool i'll like i've done all the like other easter eggs in the zombies maps I'll, I'll try this one um no don't try this on your own it's very <laughs> hard <laughs> it's the hard it's like the hardest east it's like back to like classic zombies easter eggs where it's just ridiculously difficult um and i've tried it i've tried it like two or three times and only one like my first time i got to the boss fight and didn't realize it was it was timed so I didn't do very well there. 
And like the next few times, I, I still didn't do very well. But I did like it. I don't, I don't know if I'll, I'll go back to try and finish it. I kind of like want to just to kind of finish it all. Um, but I have like uninstalled it now, so. Oh, that's it. Can't go back now then. That's it. But then I've also reinstalled the PS4 version, so. Oh. <laughs> just to get my space back. <laughs> so I could go back for it, but graphically it won't be as nice or run as, as quick. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll, we'll see what I can do on that one. But no, really, really enjoying the outbreak. I'm hesitant to go back because when, when I was trying to play for it, it was during the Halloween update. Um, so basically what I meant in zombies, um, all the zombies that spawned had like a, a pumpkin head on them. Okay. But every so often when you kill one, they'll actually drop that pumpkin and you can get like a surprise out of it. So most of the time, if you, when you try to open it, you could get like, um, tier upgrades for your weapons. So you could get like your weapons could upgrade much quicker and and sooner. So you felt a lot more powerful, a lot quicker basically. Um, either that or mimic would appear and would try and eat you. So you know, risk and reward and all that and stuff. So um, and it, made, it actually made outbreak a lot of, a lot more fun to play for me because I didn't have to like worry too much about points that I was getting or stuff. Like I could just get a pumpkin head and get lucky. I could start upgrading my weapons and, and start worrying more about using my points for perks and that. Yeah. Um, but once I think, I think that ended a couple of days ago, before Vanguard came out. Actually, I think, I think it was just a day before, because Halloween doesn't last very long, unfortunately. It was, it was good. I'll, I'll see if I could go back to it. It'll probably be harder, but I'll just have to put more time into it, potentially. Um, outside of the Call of Duties, um, I think, as, as Nathan mentioned, one game earlier, um, I'd also played First Class Problems. Because uh, I think, as well, it, it looked interesting to me. Um, I played a couple of games, and... Yeah. Uh, Did you have any controller issues? Mine just seemed a bit janky. I don't know what you thought about um, it. I didn't have controller issues too much. There was at one point where I had accidentally gone to the like the chat menu. Yeah, and it <laughs> kind of got me stuck when I went into that. Yeah, section. I got like stuck into it. Like, you, like I didn't want to say anything because uh, I'd gone into it by accident. I was trying to like pull out of it. I just couldn't pull out of it, so I was just stood there for like a good thirty seconds until I like. Just, just put in like some random word in. I was just like, okay, and then like finally I could move once I like put something in. But mm. that wasn't good. You need you need proper communication in this game as well. This isn't like like I think with something like Among Us, you can do your own thing. And well, when I play, I play on the PC. So well, the only time you really need communication between each other is once you're into like those rounds of, of like oh someone died you found them or someone's hit the emergency button yeah. I think in this there's a lot mm. of cooperative elements to it that you, you need to do and without like knowing anyone else or 
really talking in the game. It's very hard to get past like the first stage. Yeah, because there's a lot of more collaboration to it. Like you would need to like open something so so that people could get across, for example, um, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a lot of those elements to it where it's like um, like the first stage. If you're if you're not um, a I forgot what they call them, androids, I'll call them, but I'm sure I think they've got their own name too. If you're not like an android, if you're a resident, you've got to find three key cards in the level to unlock going into like the next section of stage mm. of this. Um, but I think some of them are locked behind doors that you need two people to open, I'm assuming. And without real proper communication, like actually talking in the game, there's no real world to real way to tell someone, look, you follow me to this door, because we need to open it to find stuff that we need. Like the two games that I played, we all died because oxygen ran out. And I was just like, oh, okay, I, mm, yay. Well, when I played my game, I was one of the androids, and we ended up sabotaging. Personoids. Um, Personoid, that's it, yeah. So I were one of them, so we ended up winning. By no skill of mine, it was the other people that made it happen. Cause well, you just that, took the credit. Yeah, that was it. They're like, they're, to, to be fair, the first game that I played, um, there were two people like actually saying stuff in the chat, like, oh, it's, it's this guy, and then like the other guy replied, like, no, it's not me, it's him. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I think I need to do stuff. Yeah, that, that's one thing that I don't think the game does well. In introducing you to the controls and what you're actually supposed to do. Yeah, there's no tutorial level or anything, so you kind of get thrown straight into it. So mm. you have to kind of like learn as you play. But I don't mind that too much. But there's there's like I eventually I think in my second game I eventually got someone to help me with this door. But it was like oh um, you have a symbol, you have to tell the other person what your symbol is, and then they have to pick it on in their selection. They have to do the same to you. And it's like without actually using voice communication we we just we were just kind of stuck <laughs> yeah i don't know why i didn't try to talk but like i hate i hate like having to talk into chat because like normally i just get some kid just tell me to sh- <laughs> shut the f up or something so uh oh is that just called you um yeah so it it was difficult to to play and really get into it i think I think if maybe if us three played it, it might be a bit different then. But because at least then you we've got two people that might be potentially helping each other. <laughs> if you're yeah, not, I think getting over that hurdle of actually most people being able to talk to each other. Yeah, so but I think funny you could have a good game and probably could do. Like I've I've seen YouTubers play it. It does look fun. Like there's there's a lot of depth to it from what I can tell um, but I think on console it's, it's just it's getting over that like hurdle of actually talking to people <laughs> um, first world problems for first class trouble first class trouble that's it I said problems then I, I break it down as first class <laughs> <laughs> whoops um, that's my fault so Outside of that, the only other game that I've been playing uh, is Phasmophobia. Of course. Um, of course. Because why wouldn't you? Why not? 
But with it being Halloween, they decided to also have their own uh, new update, uh, which actually had quite a bit new stuff to the game. So we thought we'd go in and investigate and see what it was all about, really. So um, the new update, which there was called Nightmare, introduced uh, four new ghosts, and they also introduced a new map. But uh, this was a, like a much different map to what they've done. So normally it's like, oh, go into this building and find out what's going on. Instead, they released like a um, like a, a camp map where a lot of it is outside, other than like one cabin, um, which made it like really difficult when when we first decided to play it um, because we, just, we just, where do you find the ghost? Where, where is it meant to be? But you've got like these tents they can go into as well. They can like open the, I suppose the the tent cover, and then you can go in and uh, I suppose the ghost room could be there. So, but we did terrible. We like absolutely died. It was like the first time, the first time both myself and my friend have actually died in in the same same map. It's very difficult. <laughs> they, they've added a lot to this update. Um, so. What they've done is they've reworked the difficult difficulty system now. Um, so now there's there's four levels to it. So you've got um, amateur, which is sort of you, you begin at one. So not much really happens there. You've got like ten minutes before the ghost can start hunting, so you can find all the evidence. Um, powers on straight away, so you don't need to do too much about that. And then when the ghost isn't hunting. The hunt only lasts for about 10 seconds or so. So it's not too difficult or not. You've got intermediate, which is like the, the pretty much in the middle. You've got the five minutes to find evidence. Um, and I think, I think the hunt lasts about 30 seconds, I think. Um, but the new, new thing they've done with this now, we're in intermediate. The power is all, uh, is off now. So you gotta turn the power on. To then start like warming the houses, uh, the houses, warming the house, I should say. The rooms is what I think I was trying to get. So you can use the, um, thermometer to, to find where's like the lowest temperature room and that's probably the ghost's room. Um, then you've got professional, which is pretty much as soon as you enter a house, the ghost could pretty much hunt it if they wanted to. If you've annoyed them enough at that point, um, the power's off, and there's what they've done now. There's there's like a small chance that the ghost room might change during the course of the game, which is I don't think it's happened to us yet, but I can imagine it starts getting very annoying when you like we found the room, we've got one evidence, come back to it. Suddenly it's not the room, he's moved. Oh, that's annoying. Um, and what they've also started doing as well is they've started blocking some of the hiding spots in the in the map. So the higher the difficulty you go, the more spots that are blocked. So stuff that's normally like um, closet rooms or lockers, you open them, you can normally hide in them during a hunt. But they've started like, as you go up in difficulty, they'll start blocking them with just like normal, I suppose, items and whatnot so you can't use it so you gotta start using more of like the environment to 
get around the ghost because now like the ghost can't just go through furniture you can also like hide behind furniture and stuff yeah so you gotta start using more of those kind of techniques to get away from the ghost basically if it starts being in hunt um the new uh difficulty they, add, they added which is called nightmare is basically like the most difficult one basically it's very it's very similar to professional other than like there's a lot less hiding spots now so it might be that you'll just have to use furniture to, to block ghosts and whatnot they've also done it in a way that if the ghost so normally when a ghost goes in the hunt and kills someone it ends the hunt but instead if it catches someone in in nightmare it will extend the duration of the hunt so that makes it even more difficult we, we've not had a game on nightmare yet just because we can't seem to do professional at this point um also one thing in nightmare as well is that one of the ghosts evidence um you won't be able to get so you have to essentially work out which which of the evidence they might be that you, you can't so do an educated guess yeah so th- there is certain things that that can sort of um you can work out depending on the ghosts um behavior in that like if the, if the ghost is very frequent in going to hunts all right maybe it could be a demon because it likes going into hunts a lot if it's throwing objects around the room quite a lot all right maybe that's probably a poltergeist because it likes doing that they've all got their own like little quirks and stuff that you can work out roughly what kind of type of ghost it is um but it's a it's much more difficult it's it's, it's a lot it's a much harder game Oh, and they've also added um, more sounds that the ghosts will start making, just randomly, which isn't very nice. Great stuff. But I I actually quite enjoyed it. I I like that they're adding more difficulty to the game, because I think when we originally first played it, it did start getting a bit stale in that we could literally go into a house, find out all the evidence, and kind of walk out before a hunt even starts. I think now, like, they've added a lot more, like, difficulty to it. Yeah. Um, which extends, obviously, the game. Adding most ghost types and evidence um, equipment is, is also a good thing as well. So, really enjoying it. Really, really like it. And also very terrifying. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's all I've been playing. What about yourself, Nick? Yeah, so firstly, for me, um, we completed It Takes Two, so we did the last three levels on that, which was good. Um, we, for Chapter 7, um, it was a snow globe, so for that, basically, each of the levels represents something in Cody and May's life, so this one was a snow globe, and then in there it was like a holiday of where they went on when they were younger, so we kind of had to reenact that. Um, now the, the thing that made it different from the other levels is, um, we had to use a magnet, um, and it was split in half, so I had one half, my wife had the other, and we had to use that to do certain puzzles. So, I had the north side, she had the south side of the, um, magnet, um, and we had to basically work together to like pull certain things and move things to get through the level, uh, mm. which was pretty interesting. Um, there was also some mini games in there as well, so we had to find like these turtle kids and like return them to return them to the mother 
Um, so that was pretty nice. Managed to find all six of those, so she was happy. That's one thing you will find in It Takes Two. There'll, there'll be little things and little games that you can play as you go along. So it was nice to kind of find them and, and do them as well as you were doing like the main level. But yeah, that was all like snowy and um, that was pretty cool, that one. Um, for Chapter 8, it was a garden level. So this one was all about um, Cody's passion as being a gardener. And mm-hmm. basically his passion had died and the garden was all like, overgrown and it had like weeds and everything. So what we had to do is destroy all the weeds and make the garden all nice and lush again. Um, and again, we had a different mechanic there. So um, my character, um, I was able to grow into like certain plants to, to get to certain places. Um, and May, the, her character, um, she were able to water. Um, so I would jump into like a plant pot, for example. She would water it and then I'd become like a plant and then I'd have to grow to a certain place so that she could jump on my leaves and get somewhere, for example. Um, on that level, there were a couple of um, sections that we found. So there was like a, a spa inside one of the greenhouses, which was quite good. It was like Japanese style. Um, so we did like mud baths and um, meditation, things like that in there, which was pretty cool. And then there was also like a snail race that we found. So you basically have to control these two snails and race around this track. So just more like little side games that you can find as you're going through the main level, which was good. Um, there was one more in the garden where there was a, a swing set and you had to swing forwards and backwards and see how far you could get. Um, so that was pretty cool. I absolutely bossed that, though. Lisa was not very happy with me. She's like, let's play again one more time. Uh, we must have done it about 20 times, but she lost all of them. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, at the end of that level, we had to basically fight um, the first plant that um, Cody planted inside the garden because they, t- they turned evil. So we managed to do that. And then chapter nine, the last one was the attic. So this is kind of exploring what May's passion was, which was singing. Excuse me. So. Um, for this, what we had to do is find all of the bits um, to make a stage. So all the lights, all of the um, the microphone, the speakers, um, the backing singers and everything um, in the attic. As we were going through the attic, we found a chessboard. So we had a little game of chess there. Um, obviously, I won that. That was good. Um, and then... After that, we completed the game. Now, I don't want to tell you what happened at the end, because I know, um, I think you, Mark, you're interested in playing this at some point, so I don't want to ruin the ending. But it was a, it's a really nice ending, really wholesome, and, um, yeah, really enjoyed it. It's It was a good nine, ten hours. But, yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, nice. If any of you want to play it, give me a shout. I'll give you the code. We can give it a try. So, yep, so I played that. Um, when I got my Switch OLED, I decided to play a new game on it. So I wanted to play Paper Mario and the Origami King. So I started playing that. So the premise of this game is that the Origami King takes over the castle and turns everybody into origami, including Luigi, poor guy, and Bowser. So 
you have to rescue them. Um, so the game's got a mix of exploration and, and battle sections. So the battle section is quite weird because the other way I can explain it is like, it's like a dartboard and you've got to try and like line the enemies up on the dartboard to attack them. Otherwise, if you don't line them up properly, then they'll, on their turn, they can come and attack you. So you've got to think about where you'd line them up in order to do the most damage for the certain types of enemies that you get. So right now, I've only got two powers. I can either jump on the enemies or I can hit them with a hammer. So that's what I'm doing at the minute. The To be honest, the, the battle style can get a bit repetitive. Um, so I'm, I'm falling off it a little bit now because I've done about three or four hours. But it's quite, it's quite, it's it's a good relaxing game. The exploration is quite good. You do get rewarded for like finding little nooks and crannies and things. So you do get mushrooms for finding certain areas. So so it's quite nice. Um, it's a it's a nice change of pace. It looks good. It looks great on the Switch OLED. Um, so that's good. Um, I played First Class Trouble, as me and Matt talked about earlier. Um, and there's only one other game that I've started recently, um, which is a bit of a strange one for me, but I decided to buy it on on Matt's suggestion. It's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. So I've played about an hour of this so far. Um, really enjoying it. So you play as Cal. And you team up with um, your little robot, BD-1, which is quite a cute little guy or girl. Um, but, yeah, the, when you start the game, you're a scrapper and you've got to try and... Um, there's, basically, it's a, you've got to learn the movement mechanics of the game. Um, so did all that. And then I'm on this train. And then you've got to go through the train and de- defeat all these droids and things. Like I'm not, I'm not into Star Wars, Star Wars myself very much, but mm. I enjoyed it. It's, it's fun, like using the Force to stop things, and and then definitely deflected all the lasers. So that's pretty cool. I enjoyed that. <laughs> using the weapons against them. Um, and then yeah, we've landed on this planet now, and I've got to get to this shrine. Um, and traversing this and like finding all like the little nooks and crannies and secrets in this place is it's really nice and it looks absolutely fantastic. All the creatures there, um, they don't pose much of a threat apart from those giant frogs. They're a bit <laughs> difficult, but oh, that's <laughs> apart from that, um, no, it's it's really good. I'm really enjoying it so far. I'll definitely keep playing it. Um, I got to the shrine, I got the recording, and now I'm at a point where I'm just making my way back to the ship. And then once I'm there, I can set out and go from there, really. But, mm. yeah, it it feels really good, chopping through creatures. The, the double-bladed <laughs> lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> I've um, I've turned my lightsaber into an orange one. I think Ginger I saber. Orange. Oh, no, it might be purple, man. I can't remember what mine is. But yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. Okay, shall we move on to the Hall of Fame? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is where we take an in-depth look at a game of high quality or historical importance and induct it into our path of games we feel deserve special recognition. Our inductee in this episode was released in August 2014 for the PS4, developed and published by Konami. It is PT. Mm. The infamous demo. Yeah, the worst, worst, worst tester. 
Teaser. Teaser, sorry. <laughs> well, there was a bit of bone of contention about whether we should induct this, but then we thought, because he seems to have got his mind in his own, hasn't it? It's it's become this myth of what could have been. It's yeah. become it's achieved legendary status, PT, hasn't it? Pretty much. I think definitely when he got removed from the store at that stage, it had cemented itself. Yeah. And then yeah. So, but what is PT? Um, okay, so PT is a how do you describe it? It's a horror experience, shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, so play from a first-person perspective, and well, the, this is the, the quote at the beginning of the game, which says, "Watch out, the gap in the door. It's a separate reality. The only me is me. Are you sure the only you is you?" Spooky. Mm. So you wake up in like a concrete-lined room, and mm. the door swings open. It's just the door there, and that's it. And then you go uh, into a corridor. And it's it's basically just an L-shaped corridor, isn't it? So you go forward for a bit, and then you turn right, and it goes down, and there's a room when you're right. And it's just a perpetual loop that you keep doing. Yeah, yeah. And well, it's 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 not pleasant, is it? Where, no. where, where shall where shall we begin? This is only a corridor. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just this corridor that you go around. <laughs> So I think on the first time you go into the car, there's the radio playing, isn't there? Yeah. About somebody, like a murder or something like that. Is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a guy's murdered his family or something like that? Mm. Yeah, that's right. And then as you go round, the clock changes slightly. The clock changes? Yeah. So it moves on. When you do your first go oh. round, it moves oh, on the first and then you, you come through one loop and there's a figure standing in the doorway. Not the doorway, in the middle of the corridor, isn't there? So we become, yeah. we, we, we learn to, is, is called Lisa, I think. I think that's what people call her. Is that right? Yes, yeah. Wait, in the first loop round? No. Oh, sorry. So your first loop is just the, the, the Yeah, the first loop is just like a normal corridor, basically. It's just setting the scene. Yeah. Setting the scene of this one corridor. Mm-hmm. But as you do each separate loop, something keeps changing, doesn't it? So that I yeah. think this was one where the light, the lighting changes, and it becomes like a red, yeah. doesn't it? And you become a bit blurry vision. Mm-hmm. But this, let's come back to this this Lisa character. So you get got <laughs> if you do certain things, don't you? If you turn too much, I found that doesn't help. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's like after you first. I think somebody hacked the game, didn't they? And discovered that after the first encounter, mm. Lisa is always standing behind you in the game. Mm. Which I kind of wish I didn't know. <laughs> I'd rather just not know. It makes it more unsettling. Yeah. But it's a really unnerving game, isn't it? And pe- many people regard it as like one of the most scariest horror game, well, games or experiences there is, isn't there? Mm. Mm. I think the 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 sound design in this demo yes. is perfect, really really well used. Well, there's um there's like a kind of an opening just after you get past the bathroom, um as you go around the first corner, and yeah. you can hear like the chandelier moving, and if you look up, you can see Lisa just mm. stood there looking over you. 
Yeah. And then she just goes away. That were horrible. There's other things like when you travel down the corridor and then the the banging on the glass. Or mm. it might be the doorway, I don't know. But as you've just passed something, suddenly some banging. And then it might be from the bathroom. It might be on the bathroom door. Yeah, because I think it, it, yeah, cause it, it wants you to go and investigate the door. Yeah, the, the, there's one point where you, you, you walk past. I think you have to get to the end of the hall, the hallway, or the corridor, I should say. Um, and you can't get any further, so you've got to like turn around, go back, and I think that's at that point, like, you have to go back round to the clock, I think, the digital clock, and then yeah. you hear like the, the bathroom door opens, I think, at that point, or something like that. Yeah, and it's a bit where the door is open slightly. Yeah. And then something appears, and it quick closes it, doesn't it? Yeah, you have a look, and there's just the carriage goes, yeah, and then just closes the door. Yeah. There's also that hole you can look through as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, to look into the bathroom a little bit. That was pretty weird. Yeah. Now I was expecting something to pop up in that, but yeah. it doesn't seem. That would be too easy. You just get the sound of someone being stabbed to death, don't you? I think, I think that's what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you're walking down the corridor and then there's... Is it a fridge hanging? I think it's a fridge hanging up, isn't there? And there's blood dripping from it? It's something like that, yeah. It's, not like that, I think. it's a bit weird. But when you got got, you get got good, don't you? It's. Do you know what? If they brought that in VR, they'd be horrible. <laughs> don't give them ideas. Well, it's not going to happen now, is it? You never know. Well, shall we, talk, shall we talk about the bathroom? Yeah. They go into the bathroom. Dirty place. And in the sink is a weird baby fetus thing. Yeah, it's a good description. <laughs> it's ugly. It's crying. Yeah, it's crying. It's ugly. It's horrible. Why, game? I I do wonder if if this part um if um if it influenced Capcom um for a certain part. Oh God. Um, <laughs> it most probably did. Yes. Uh, same part that's in, in Resident Evil Village. Oh, not Spiral, but it's, yeah. <laughs> well, does this involve a big thing? Yeah, big yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That... I know what you're talking about, yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen clips of the thing. Oh, oh, that screenshot. Oh, oh there no, we go. that's, that's about, that's oh, I, I don't like that screenshot. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, I just think the, to be fair, I think Capcom does better with their f- version of it. But it does, it does. There is like certain influences. I think. Yeah. I think you could definitely see where you could, where they've got potentially designed for it. Yeah. That that bathroom's like terrifying because you you end up picking like the flashlight, don't you? And you have to use it to like look around and stuff, and you're seeing all these like cockroaches all over the walls and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I think after a while, you start hearing like the footsteps start making their way towards what you think is like. Uh, the bathroom and it's like the the handle starts going and you're just like oh god like what's what's sounding there that's it because the footsteps start out slow and then they kind of run towards you and then bathroom handle goes and you're like oh no stay out I'm going to die some of the, some of the steps you got to do in this as well because like it's it is a demo that you you can complete like you can you can uh, but I, I suppose not escape the house but well, you do. Sort of. 
in a way. Um, but I was, I was watching like, uh, a, a, a walkthrough on what you like men's doing stuff. And there's a lot of like, yeah, I'm very just, strange I'm just, things that you gotta do. In yeah, I'm life. just, I'm just looking at the solution here. So, the last, cause thing, it becomes, it's basically a horror experience. And then eventually it becomes like a puzzle thing, doesn't it? Yeah. The game. And you sort of have to try and forget the horror aspect of it and just try and solve the puzzle. And I think if you, if you do these, then you don't get got, I don't think. Yeah, you, you don't, well, I think you still get like a, a jump scare, but you don't get murdered, basically. Because I think there's a game, so there's a part where the demo will restart itself. It yeah, it's like very crash, strange. It? Yeah, it looks like though there's some sort of like developer message within within it at yeah. some point. Oh, and the uh, the paper bag. Remember that the paper bag with that movie. So you go back mm. into the original room. There's a paper bag with something in it moving, and mm. it starts talking to you. I don't know. I I didn't yeah. see that part. Yeah. So I'm just reading the um. The final puzzle here. It says, in the last cycle, you need to trigger three baby giggles. First thing you need to do after you step into the corridor is to wait until the clock turns to 00.00. So, midnight. Once the bell begins ringing, you can trigger either of the two baby laughs below at any time and in any order. So, baby laugh one. From any location, move your character ten full steps in any direction. And be sure to stop immediately on your tenth step. You can even walk up against the wall. This should trigger the first baby laugh. I, d- I don't know how people manage to solve these puzzles because they are very peculiar, aren't they? Mm. They're not standard puzzle-solving things. But when you've got enough people doing it multiple times, they'll get there. Baby laugh two. From any location, speak into your PlayStation microphone the letter J and then stay completely silent for at least three full seconds. Uh, you do not have to be exceptionally loud or articulate when saying J. Continue to say J into the mic between at least three second full intervals of silence. After saying J a total of three, four, or even five times, this should trigger the second baby laugh. It's like, how, how do you just find that solution? How do people call this? It's the, the history of, uh, well, the franchise that the game is meant to be based on. <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, and the final baby laugh. After you get the second laugh, your controller should vibrate for a few seconds. Stand still and do absolutely nothing, and you should get the third and final giggle. The telephone should start ringing. Approach it, zoom in, and you'll get the message. You've been chosen. The door is locked, and you're free to go outside. So, should we talk about what happens when you go outside? Yeah. Mm. So, up to this point, we have no idea what this game even is. And some bloke, so, because, say it's first person, you're walking down the street, it zooms out, so there's a character walking down the road. And you just see, like, a normal neighbourhood. He's looking around. And then it comes up saying, Hideo Kojima. You're like, ooh, interesting. Mm. And then Guillermo del Toro. Like, oh, very good. You can, sort, you can sort of see he's influencing this now. Mm. And then the character turns around, and who is it? It's Norman Reedus. Yeah. Daryl. It's only Norman From Reedus. The Walking Dead. And he walks off down and it says Silent Hill. Yep. S. S. Silent Hills. So yeah, it was a very clever demo for the upcoming Silent Hills game. And it was actually done under a fictional 
studio, wasn't it? What was it called? Uh, uh, 7780S Studio. Is that oh, what it's called? I think that's what it's called. But then, of course, the whole thing with Kojima Konami fell through. And it never got made. This is a real shame. Real, real shame. Yeah. And then, as as people do, um, well, after the trailer got took off the um, yeah, so it was the game was removed store. basically from the store. Yeah. And people started scalping the PS4s that had it installed. <laughs> yeah, it became a it became a real thing, didn't it? Where mm. it, it became a hot commodity to have a, a PS4 that had PT installed on it. Yeah, people get up to a thousand pounds for it. Yeah. Not too shabby. Get two PS5s for that. Mm. Yeah. I've still got the PS, my original PS4 with it installed, so it's all good. You gonna get it on eBay? Nah. Not just yet, anyway. It's a, it's a good, it's a museum piece now, isn't it? It's, yeah. There'll be very few of them left, huh? Actually, no, there's probably loads of them, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I'll tell you um, a story about I got someone to play this game and I premised it as being a walking simulator and and this person that played it doesn't really play games at all. So, is I this imagine... Nathan, is this Nathan Been Evil? This Nathan no. Been Evil, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. go on. So, um, we're, well... After work, we had like a night out and I got dropped off at home and um, I told, well, I'll just say the names. I told Rosie and Rob to come in for a bit and I was like, oh, Rosie, have a go at this. See what you think. Because she doesn't really play games that much. And uh, I gave her controller and um, she started walking around like, what's going on? What's all this? Anyway, eventually she gets uh, she gets got by Lisa and she absolutely craps herself. And she said to me, I'm never playing a game ever again. And to this very day, I don't think she's played a game. Well, it is a walking simulator. Yeah, I went lying. (laughs) Yeah, you went wrong. But it makes you wonder about what this could have been, doesn't it? Well, I became Death Stranding, do you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well. Well, the baby. Yeah, you've got baby, you've got Norman. Del Toro's in there. Yeah, well, you got all three of them. So yeah, obviously the fallout with Kojima and Konami, and then obviously Kojima went on, formulated his own company. Did Death Stranding, took Guillermo del Toro and Norman Reedus with him. But yeah, it's 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 really sad because this had real potential, didn't it? Based off of that. Yeah. Because Death Stranding wasn't a horror game. No. No. It might have was... had some, might have had some horror elements into it, but it wasn't. It was a walking simulator. Yes, it very much was. Yes, yes. <laughs> but what could have been? What could have been? Hey, you never know. Might resurrect it one day. Well, there is talk that Silent Hill being resurrected, isn't there? But would it have, would it have ever reached the, the what this could have been? It, it was just a really clever way to, you know, to do a teaser, wasn't it? Because I don't think this, this wasn't any, actually anything that was in, going to be in the original game. No, it's just like its own thing, wasn't it? Like a taste of what? Yeah. What they could have done. This, this is the style we're going to go with. Well, I think it's, it, it would definitely have brought the 
Silent Hill franchise back into the mainstream. I, I don't think it would have done that, whether for a good reason or bad reason, uh, good reasons or uh, terrible reasons. Or we'll never know. Um, I mean, well, I think it has had uh, an effect to a certain extent that we've not had any real news on Silent Hill since <laughs> since PT. Yeah. So maybe Konami knew that what they'd lost, really. Because you know, because mm. Kojima was always talking about, oh, I want to do a horror game. Yeah. Well, he's still talking about it. So yeah, but basically he's just. <laughs> Sorry, but Nathan just keeps sending us really random. Nathan's just pictures. posting memes of this now. Meme machine. I mean, was, was hasn't there been recent rumours that Kojima has been in talks with Konami to kind of revive that idea? Yeah, there's been some talks of reconciliation, isn't there? But it's just it's all up in the air, isn't it? It's, it's all, all rumour. Yeah. Don't. But it's 2014. Which is, I have to say, it's a lot, it's a lot longer time ago than I thought it was. Yeah, it's seven years, isn't it? It doesn't yeah. feel like seven years. No, it doesn't. Mm. So, you know, never say never. Well, it's that's what James to... Bond <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's time to rebuild bridges, maybe. Ah, bridges, yeah. get it? They're stranding? Yeah. Bridges? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh... I got it. <laughs> <laughs> but saying that, if it did come back, I still won't play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I remember I um somebody try somebody recreated um uh, PT in Dreams. Ah. Which I played. Really? Yeah. So I walked through the first door. Yeah. Looked down the corridor, and then I just switched it off. Because <laughs> 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 so I thought, nah, them. I'm not. I'm not going to carry on with this. I don't want to experience that again. So. I think I think someone also recreated it in the Unreal Engine. I think. No, it's probably. Um, just... well, this was this was in the um, oh, what's it called now? Fox Engine. Wasn't it? Mm. I think. Which is good. Well, it's just amazing how much atmosphere you can create by just walking down one corridor, isn't it? I think it's the simplicity of the game. Yeah. And it sort of festers on all your the fears people have. What, baby fetuses? Yes. Because <laughs> we, oh, we all fear the baby fetuses. Yep. That's the most terrifying bit. But it was very, it was very like, photorealistic graphically, wasn't it? I think that's the thing. It looked... Mm. Did look really very, good. It looked very realistic. Do you think it was made on the Fox engine? I thought it was. I, I might be wrong, but I thought it was. It makes sense, wouldn't it? Because I think... It weren't going to be long until Mega Sword 5 was coming out, wasn't it? So Yeah. Yeah, because after that, that's when there was a whole, when they took Kajim's name off Metal Gear 5 and all that. Afterwards, weren't it? Yeah. And then he re-cerned it after every bloody mission. Uh, and after I mentioned, um, when I mentioned uh, that somebody hacked the game, and you found out this lease stood behind you most of the time. Mm. That they actually found out that the actual neighbourhood around that level, that corridor you're in, is actually there. Oh, they did model it. Yeah, mm. so it was modelled outside as well. Oh, impressive. Which is interesting. Well, they didn't have to. Well, I suppose that there's parts where you, you can look out the window, can't you? So yeah. It yeah. Makes, I suppose it makes sense to model some of it, at least. 
Yeah, you think it'd just be the part you could actually see, though, wouldn't you? Mm. But a really exceptional piece of work for what it was. Yeah, I mean, regardless of it being scary, it is, it is an experience and a good one. Mm. Well, unless you got get got. That it's not a very good experience, but. <laughs> but Kojima apparently said that um, when he made it, he was expecting people to take about a week to be able to finish it. But some people were able to do it in a few hours. But I still don't understand how. People just underestimate gamers. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just not a normal solution to games, though, is it? It's just unusual. It's it is a typical Kojima sort of puzzle, isn't it? <laughs> just be a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. Saying J into your microphone, it's like, whoa. So there we have it. That's PT into the video game Hall of Fame. If you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release bi-weekly on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com where we post the Hall of Fame. Also, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye.